hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, am Mr. Warren Hayes. It's Thursday evening. It is the 5th of August. It is the very first Thursday of August in the year 2021. This this year that feels like a bad sequel to 2020, if, if, if you're asking me right now. But hey, I'm really glad you guys are here joining me live right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, because this is where I record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. This is where this is where the magic happens. This is where it goes down. <laughs> Every time I try to sound, I try to sound hip, you know, cool, but it never works. I always end up sounding like a like a phony, like a big fat phony. <laughs> I'm a little guy. I'll be fine. Uh, hi, look. Welcome, everyone, joining me here tonight. Who have we got? Look, we've always got great people joining us every Thursday, like Robert Laird. Good to see you, Robert. Welcome to the chat. Kelly Tonjes. Good to see you as well, Kelly. Welcome. Uh, let's see who else have we got. We've got uh, Phantom Mark 82, our boy Ben, who you should follow at facebook.com slash Phantom 82. Please do. Because Ben is awesome, provides uh, provides us with music. Please, 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 please. Let's show Ben all the love because he because he deserves it. We got uh, Justin Firestein who's here. Good to see you, Justin. Uh, we've got uh, fifth generation Carney Joseph with it as well. Look at all these great people hanging out here live tonight. DGMC is here. Fantastic. And look, Ben tells us he's thirty subs away from reaching one hundred. Thirty's not that much. You like music, you like the synth wave, you like to just chill out. Go follow him, my God. Sports and things. Carlos, haven't seen, good to see you back, sir. It's been a while. Nice to see you. Mark Forbes. Hello, look. Everyone's just landing in. It's fantastic. And by the way, if you're watching, if you're joining us live right here, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And hey, go right ahead and maybe like, you know, like the video, you know, while you're here. Um, uh, but it, watching live right now, I'm trying out a new, uh, bot in the, uh, in the live chat and I'm already seeing that it, it's, uh, it being a little over, overbearing when it comes to moderation. So I will, um, I'll help. <laughs> I'll help. I'll, I'll, let's consider this tweaking tonight. And I apologize. I hope no one takes it personally if they, you know, get, um, moderated unceremoniously by the bot. Please don't take it personally. I apologize in advance. Um, but otherwise, thank you. Uh, thank you all for being here. Do consider giving the video a, a like. And if you're watching this later on your own accord as well, please, same. Do the same. Like the video. Share out here. First time popping on. Hope you listen. Hope you enjoy it. And maybe by the end of the broadcast, I will have earned your subscription. I like, you know, everyone's like, hey, sub, sub today, don't forget to sub, but I like to feel like I work for your subscriptions. Your time is valuable. Your notifications window is, you know, is very limited. We always get bombarded with all sorts of stuff. So I like to think that if you're subscribed, it's because you really enjoy it. You really, you like what I do and I work for it and I earned it. So thank you. Thank you in, uh, in advance. Evan Wright, good to see you. And the Streak Saver is here. 
who saved the streak. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, uh, for for jumping in tonight. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, thank you very much. Because yes, Mr. Warren Hayes show is available in the audio format on your favorite podcast app. Some people actually might find that much more convenient to listen uh, as to as opposed to watch and. That's absolutely fine. That's why the audio is out there. So you can listen to it on the go. Mass, take mass transit, you know, or, you know, at the gym or wherever it is, people go and need to be social. <laughs> Thank you all very much uh, for, for listening. And if uh, yeah, a review, that kind of stuff, it really helps out. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, also, don't forget to visit Bell to Bells, your weekly wrestling uh, your weekly wrestling. This is where you come for weekly wrestling. But you go to belltobells.com for your women's wrestling wire stuff. You, you, you want to read about women's wrestling? You want to get in the know? That's where you go. B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. Kristen Ashley this week, co-founder, editor-in-chief. She uh, she had, she uh, posted an interview that she conducted with Siri and Julia from Stardom. Big deal here is that uh, it, it was a. It, it was also an interview that she conducted uh, for PWI. We were also able to chat with the ladies for uh, for our for our own website as well. Stardom doesn't give many interviews, especially especially not in English. So that was really really cool stuff, and I hope you guys go check that out if you're Stardom fans, and even if you're not, maybe you should become Stardom fans after the well, you know reading that interview. How about that? Also, go check out lovewrestling.ca. I wrote I wrote a thing. I did a writing this week. I wrote an article on how everyone needs to calm the fuck down when it comes to Adam Page. <laughs> That's, that wasn't the essence of the article. No, but uh, talking about, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a feature. It's an uh, opinionated piece. We're at a crossroads when it comes to Adam Page. Do we want the title shot now or should we deal with uh should, should we go for some long-term storytelling so i tried to balance a bit of both go check that out lovewrestling.ca big big ups to spencer and the gang for letting me post an article there very kind of you guys uh, hey it's joe go indie now look at that good to see you it's like old homie night tonight look at that tim trevor hola tim good friend of the show welcome everyone uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday, I will be doing a, uh, I will be doing a SummerSlam prediction show this Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m. I'm doing it because next week I'm traveling. Uh, my schedule is going to be completely out of whack. There's a lot of stuff going on next week. So I'm doing it, uh, uh you, you know, usually I do it the night before, but I'm doing a full week earlier. Plus, on top of that, if you're like Warren, I don't know. But here's the kicker. Here's the thing. I'm going to be joined by Alex Palowski. It's going to be the reunion reunion tour for Warren and Alex this Saturday, 4 p.m. for the SummerSlam review. So, look, you know we're going to, it's going to be sour. Let's call it Sour Slam. That's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> That's what we're going to be doing this uh, this upcoming Saturday, I'm really excited to talk to to talk with Alex again about wrestling. It's been too long, so I'm stoked that he's accepted to to jump on. Should be a fun time, whether you like WWE or not. 
And if you don't like WWE, well, <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna be as as neutral. This is how I've always dealt with Alex when we were doing stuff. I try to be very middle ground on stuff. Just like, you know, I set him up and he he swings for the fences. That's what that's a, <laughs> that's that's the essence of our relationship. So I'm excited. I'm excited to to. I'm excited for Saturday. Should be fun. 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this Saturday, be sure to check it out. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, also check out the discord link is in the description. Great community of people who hang out there. Please. Hey, come on, come join, come join the joy. That is the Mr. Warren Hayes show discord. Lots of, lots of good things happening there. Community events coming up as well. It's going to be, it's going to be a good time. Uh, the comment streak still going on. If you are finished, Watching this video and the comment section is open. I'm looking to get 20 comments on the next 20 videos. We're up to 16 today. Thanks to uh, Anakin and the Streak Saver. Streak Saver seems to think that I, I, I've i never acknowledged that he saved the streak in the past, which is, I think it's slanderous. I think it's false. But <laughs> see, credit due where credit is due. Um, so we're just a few episodes away four more on the streak before i actually um uh, four away before getting to um before getting to the reward which is me cooking some some recipes out of the wwf can you take the heat uh cookbook that was aired out in the uh in the 90s or something like that so i'm excited uh, and, um, so there you go. And leaving comments is a very good way to support the show. Helps YouTube, uh, YouTube like my video. YouTube likes comments on videos. So that always helps on top of that. You can also help by, uh, by becoming a member of the, uh, of the channel here. If you want to show some support, become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes YouTube channel. And then on top of that, you'll get to join us for the post stream, which happens immediately after this one where I sit around with people in the chat, we take Discord calls, and we all talk about wrestling. We continue talking, and tonight the topic is going to be very open again this week. There's so much stuff going on. I want to hear what you guys uh, want to talk about in regards to wrestling tonight. I spend, you know, the better part of two hours these days talking about wrestling. So, you know, if you want to talk about something that you'd like, very excited. Very excited for you to be, uh, to, to join us. And of course, you can leave a super chat as we're going along here. And I will read your question or comment on the air. And I, I, I said that I was going to talk about this in the little in the uh, the the trailer uh, to the uh, in the trailer to uh, teaser trailer to tonight's stream. I was going to talk about my finger, aka Germany ninety six. Good to see you as well. Welcome to the chat. Um, yeah. So 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 the the finger. Uh, I. Sunday night, not Sunday, Monday night, I I decide to make myself, I, I, I'm, I don't feel like cooking, I'm hungry. And usually one of my go-tos when, I, when I'm cooking is I make an obar, right? Which is when you take, a, when you take a, a, a baguette, you slice it down the middle, and you put, you, you, you put basically it's, it's, it's a butter and ham sandwich on a baguette. That's essentially what it is. Like, you know, when I when I when I'm bored with it and I don't want to do this, you know, like I'm just like I don't feel like cooking. And I take the baguette, you know, and I slice it in half and I warm it up like in the toaster oven with the butter on it. Uh, it, it it's good. It's very simple. 
I had baguette, like day old baguette. So I don't know if you, you know, baguette usually, you know, very crusty when you get it fresh, still very crusty. But when you go like for, you know, when it's day old, well, the crust gets a little harder, right? Well, guess what? I take my bread knife, serrated edge, super sharp, brand new. Like I bought it just a couple of months ago. Take it, hold the, you know, of course I'm, I'm, I'm against the counter. I'm just doing, you know, the hand motions up here because you can't see my hands here. I'm holding the baguette here and I take the knife and I press down and honestly, not sure how, what happened, but the knife literally just slides off the baguette and it just slides and it whoop and it slides right across my index finger. And, and I'm like, ooh, and it doesn't like really like hurt. I'm like, like ah, I take the, you know, I run my, you know, I, so I, I, you know, I see there's, oh shit, there's a lot of blood. So I go and I open up, turn on the tap and I start running my finger on it. And you know what, you know, the water runs on, on the wound and then you, you get like, you know, then there's like flat, the flap of skin that sort of goes, bleh, you know, that sort of flows, flaps back against my finger kind of thing. And I'm like, hmm, this is, a, hmm, this is a, it's a pretty bad cut. <laughs> it's a, I patch myself up. I patch myself up and, you know, I get everything all, uh, all, you know, together. Some Kleenex, some tape, some packaging tape. And I just. And I sit down and I watch Raw, but the bleeding just doesn't stop. So I, I, you know, a couple of hours later, I go, I go to the hospital, I get stitches. I got about like, like four or five stitches. Like it's a pretty, it's a, it's a good one. So there you go. That's what happened to my finger. This is the last day of the bandage. I'm supposed to keep it on for three days. So starting tomorrow, um, the, the full, the, the, the full uh, experience of my disgusting left index finger is going to be available for all to uh, to see besides it look i posted pictures of it on the discord in the off topic channel if y'all are interested in seeing that shit there's a good incentive for you to join the mr warren hayes show discord <laughs> but yeah can you believe here's the thing mr fantastic good to see you and here's the thing i I was like, I was so committed to watching Monday Night Raw. I taped up my hand, my finger, and I was like, oh, I was bleeding a lot, and did it two or three times during Raw because I was like, nah, I'm committed. I gotta watch this. This is what I do. <laughs> that's dedicate. That's dedication. <laughs> right there. There you go, folks. That's what happened to my finger, but yeah, honestly, and frankly, everything's okay. MDK all fucking day is what the kids say, don't they? <laughs> all right, um, let's uh, jump right into this week's. I don't, we don't before we do before we do, we jump into the um, before we jump into the uh, into the uh, the weekly wrestling inspection. Um, we got some 
uh, very sad news today. Um, early on this morning, uh, uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton was, has uh, has passed away. Um, he uh, his family announced that uh, he uh, he had uh, died uh, at the age of sixty two. Um, he he um, uh, I think it was, it was his sister um, Debbie Eaton Lewis who posted a number of pictures of Bobby and herself shared some memories uh, and um, this is what she she wrote she said I never wanted to post this but my little brother beautiful Bobby Eaton passed away last night when I find out all the details I will post them Bob, Bobby was the kindest loving person you would ever meet I loved him so much and going to miss him please say a prayer for my niece Tarin she found him and she just lost her mom a little month, uh, a little over a month ago, excuse me. Um, Bobby Eaton was a member of the Midnight Express, of course, uh, multiple time champion, uh, singles, tags uh, throughout his career, Jim Crockett promotions, uh, WCW, Smoky Mountain Wrestling as well. Uh, he had been wrestling, um, he had been wrestling since his, uh, since his teens. Uh, and um, yeah, you, these are unfortunately the type of situations where then you hear so many wonderful things about uh, about Eaton. Now, as opposed to a lot of my contemporaries who grew up watching uh, watching uh, Southern wrestling, especially, um, you know, I wasn't I, I, I wasn't a, I didn't get to watch Southern wrestling uh, from up here. I was exposed to other promotions. Uh, so I'm I wasn't quite as familiar with his work young younger, but as I grew older and started you know rewatching some stuff, Bobby Eaton really did have something special and nothing like you'd go oh here's a main event star just a guy, fantastic worker who worked the mid card in a in a in a passionate uh, passionate. Uh, uh, selfless way every time didn't even if he wasn't in the main event he would always always give it his all um extremely uh extremely talented wrestler uh who uh who took great pride in what he did and then you hear of course just how well liked the man was outside of the ring you know especially especially during a time in in the business where uh, a lot of guys were you know had heat with each other where it didn't trust one another uh, it, it, it appears like Bobby Eaton was just liked all around that everyone thought that he was a fantastic human I mean I, I um Mick Foley excuse me wrote wrote a lot about Bobby Eaton in his uh in his book and how great of a guy he was um, how kind he was. I think that's that's the word I was I'm looking for here. The, the, in regards to what Mick wrote about him, how kind Bobby Eaton was, uh, and um, and yeah, I mean, so you see it on the internet. You see it today. Then the uh, number of people who are mourning and calling, uh, saying how legitimately sorry uh, they are because he was a f- such a fantastic guy. Um, yeah, a terrible shame. You can you can glean from the comments that this came as a surprise. No one was expecting uh, Eaton to pass away. It was apparently found by his niece, and uh, yeah, no, there's um, 
there's uh, something very tragic to all of this, which is quite the shame. Bobby Eaton, uh, 62 years old, a legend, and may he rest in peace. Let's move on to the weekly wrestling inspection. I feel like we have to, like, it feels like every week, this should become a segment now. It's like, you know, released wrestlers, where are they going? Like, what's the news? What, what, I feel like now we, you know, we need like a, like an HR uh, segment to start off the shows because it seems like this is all we, we start by talking about. Because, um, uh, you know, there's a bunch of, uh, look, big names that were released, contract situations that have that were uh that were announced as well it's a you know it's a big it's a big thing jk schwal good to see you <laughs> welcome mm. um i'm gonna start by talking about bray white bray white bray white bray wyatt it's as if i didn't know what to don't know how to call him um Fightful broke the news. It was later reported then uh, on the Observer, Bray Wyatt was uh, was released from his WWE contract, apparently due to say it with me, everyone, budget cuts. Um, apparently, the former world champion was being prepared to return to the ring in August. Um, Look, if you are <laughs> if you are a listener of, a, of the Mr. Warren Hay show for for a while, if you've been listening to this for a while, you know I'm a Bray Wyatt guy. I like Bray Wyatt. I've always liked Bray Wyatt. I you know, the you know, but we're talking Bray Wyatt. You know, uh, it's kind of hard to get behind the Husky Harris stuff, which was you know garbage. That was always a weird decision. No one, no one would have been able to get over calling themselves Husky Harris. Are you kidding me? Um, but um, he was part of the uh, part of the Nexus in October 2010. He returned to to developmental the following year, where he was repackaged as Bray Wyatt doing the. The, the, the spooky swamp cult leader gimmick with the Wyatt family after that, Eric Rowan, uh, Brody Lee, and then Braun Strowman down the line as well. Um, I Look, I love that gimmick. I thought that... I, I even liked the spookier aspects of it when he started to become mystical. It didn't bother me because I... The, the thing that made Bray Wyatt especially when he started doing the Sister Abigail stuff, the thing that made him interesting, made him work, was that it wasn't it wasn't overpowering the entire gimmick. It wasn't something that was just, it was all about the spookiness. He was still like this charismatic, oddball cult leader. But, you know, it just so happens that, oh, you know, he may or may not have some mystical powers. Then, of course, they, they lean in harder into it. And and it eventually becomes the fiend. I I will maintain this, and I know I know Bray Wyatt is not everybody's cup of tea, and that's fine, and I get it. But Bray was for me because Bray is probably one of the 
best character actors that WWE had in their midst. There's no way that something like Bray Wyatt and then later Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt would have gotten over had it been anyone else than Bray. Because he got it. He understood those gimmicks tapped into something, into his strengths, go, go figure. And that's what made it so successful. And despite it all, he was... Uh, creatively, he ended up just being delivered with some... Just being given some terrible material to work with. And there's only so much you can do when the creative is bad. Or when the booking is bad. I like the Firefly Funhouse. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I love the Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania 35. Now, 36. I'm terrible with numbers. I'm, a man, I'm an English major. What do you want from me? Um... I loved it. I loved the match. I thought it was great. If there was anything, look, I even did a, I even did a show, uh, an entire episode breaking it apart. That's how brilliant I thought it was. And I think there was a lot more in it. WWE just didn't know how to use them. And they, how did, I don't understand how they can mess it up because the Firefly Funhouse thing worked. It legitimately worked. And I was like, oh, we don't know what to do with them anymore. Come on. He's the kind of guy who's going, like, if he wants to continue wrestling, he's going to be fine. Is he going to end up in AEW? Probably not. I don't know. I think AEW should stop hiring people. <laughs> you know, I think, I think they should stop hiring people and continue doing talent exchanges. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's a better way to go about things, but that's another discussion, just not right for now. Um, I don't, I don't understand why WWE managed to mess it up. I don't know how they, because they had a sure thing on their hands, that one hell in a cell, right? The one hell in a cell. It, like, it, it really does bother me because I think Bray I think Bray did a lot of good things he was never properly pushed he was never given really big moments you can all think about the John Cena match of course as a moment that WWE fumbled on you know the He this he's a guy. If he wants to continue wrestling, he'll find he'll find the place. And here's the other here's the other thing, right? Here's the other thing is that then we're like, because uh, I saw this being talked about on Twitter the other day. It's like, oh Bray Wyatt, not a great wrestler. He's not fantastic. Are you sure? Are you sure? I don't know. See, I I seem to remember his NXT matches where he was like, yeah, this this larger guy can go. Towards the end there, he wasn't really being all that athletic, but 
to how how much was he being produced, overly produced? To what degree was he being produced? Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, by WWE, where it's like, hey, you're a spooky evil character. You can't be going around doing all these crazy, uh, crazy, insane moves here all the time. You know, it's like. Because you know they get, because you know we get, because um, you know we get a lot of people, uh, uh, there's a lot of wrestlers who we just don't know how good they are. We just don't know because WWE doesn't give them the, chan- the chance to, it doesn't give them a chance to shine. We were having this conversation on the Discord in regards to Aaliyah a couple of months ago. It's like, we don't know if Aaliyah can go because WWE overproduces their matches, you know? Anyway. I'm disappointed. But Bray will be fine. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Message has been deleted, yet we know. Oh, I see what's going on. We're having a little mod kerfuffle. But thank you very much for the super chat, Anakin. He says, caught up, so obligatory. DGMC is a coward super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. (laughs) I appreciate it. Want to say hello to the Nick Nutter. Nice to see you. And also to Kristen Ashley. The first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show, yeah. <laughs> mm. And I'm drooling all over myself now. See, that's the effect. That's the effect my fiance has on me. <laughs> um, here's another big one. Uh, a wrestler known as Ric Flair. Has left the uh, the WWE. The uh, the legend re-signed with the company last year, but they've agreed. Uh, everyone has agreed to uh, let him part ways because they failed to see eye to eye, according to um, according to Rick, uh, in regards to some opportunities. But uh, the Nature Boy saying that he's not departing under a cloud. He told People Magazine, "We just didn't see eye to eye on some business opportunities, so I, that I wanted to pursue." So I asked for my release. There has been no animosity and everything has been on friendly terms. He also shot down the rumors that uh, Flair was unhappy because of how storylines were developing with him and Charlotte. Says, no, that's absolutely not true. This just happens sometimes. It's a mutually agreed upon decision. And I will be moving forward to pursue other exciting endeavors such as my own line of wine. My own network. I had no idea what that means. As well as comic books. I had to make this decision personally for myself and my brand. Uh, Good for Rick. At this point, Rick doesn't need... Like, I don't know... I don't know how much guaranteed money uh, a, a Legends contract is. I really don't. I don't know what he's up to, but good for him. Right? It's like... Good... Good for him to be like, no, I don't need all of this. I'm gonna go start to gonna start making wine. He probably saw Jericho with all his his champagne and he's like, hey, yeah, 
Listen, the number of people of uh, of vineyards that produce like stock produce wine to just slap a label on it and call it custom. There's more than you think. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Good for him. Uh, good for him to go out and do his own things. Comic books? What, comic books? You know, the guy, let's not forget, in 2017, right? Ric Flair was in a coma and people were like, Jesus, he's, you know, he's not coming out of it. So he comes out. You know, if, if this kind of, if that happened to me, you know, I, I'm in a coma and I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm older than I am now. And, uh, and I wake up and I'm like, look, I, right at this point, I'm just, it, it has to, it had changed my perspective. And I'd be like, no, I, I got to focus on doing the things that I really want to do because I don't know how much time I have left. And Rick is 72 right now. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what uh, what he's going to be doing. Want to say hello to Adam Butt. Woo, he's back. Good to see you. And Jeff L. from the hood. Welcome and thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, and look at this. We got Jay from Midcard Maniacs who's with us. Oh, and he should join the wingmen. He should go to AEW, join the wing. Show pretty, pretty Peter Avalon how it's done. Oh, that'd be fantastic. So Ric Flair is gone. Um, Ric Flair is gone. Bray Wyatt is gone. And now we've got rumors, reports, saying that Adam Cole is working, was doesn't have a contract, or at least doesn't have a, a, a renewed contract yet. Here, let's walk through this a little bit. And folks, I know the Adam Cole stuff is exciting and chat i want sound out here what what should adam cole do what's going on um wrestling inc broke the news um that on um just a couple of days ago sunday i think that adam cole's wwe contract would be expiring later this month as in august cole's contract was rumored to expire in 2024 but it now appears that it's expiring after SummerSlam. In fact, his contract was up at the Great American Bash just a couple of weeks ago. But Cole extended it. He's like, yeah, well, I'll work through SummerSlam and then we can figure something out. PW Insider reports that uh, the realization of Cole's contract expiring took a number of WWE executives by surprise. <coughs> Sloppy shop. <clears throat> um, the it was believed that he was locked into at least January 2022, uh, and uh, there's a lot of people apparently within WWE who were a little annoyed that this uh, that this news uh, got um, that this news was put out there as well. Um, the um but this is probably tied into 
the departure of um, I can't believe I'm going to say this. This is the Canyon Seaman, who was the former senior vice president of talent development. Uh, he was, you know, remember he was rumored to have been released, like I think it was in February or something like that. But it turns out it wasn't real. But now it turns out that he was really released. Um, and, you know, there, PWI sort of implies that, you know, the, the timing of, you know, Canyon Siemens departure and uh and adam cole's and the news about adam cole's um contract sort of lines up and then we learned just a couple of days ago on top of all of this that apparently adam cole was not offered or still has not been offered a new contract yet Apparently, there's an update uh, that he has not formally been offered a new full-on contract by WWE as of at least uh, this news, which was on the third when this was uh, when this was published. Um, yeah, so that so that's uh, that that's where we're going right now. Uh, Cole is still scheduled to wrestle at. Uh, Takeover 36, uh, the day after SummerSlam. That's fine. Every, you know, everything, you know, everything is, everything is, is, everything is just cool and kosher. Uh, Adam Cole, the, the, here's, here's the wild thing to me. This, to me, this is, it's bananas to me. Um, maybe to a degree. You remember Aleister Black, Right. He shows up on, on Dynamite and everyone's like, wait, 90 days, 90 days, 90 days. They're like, no, uh, 90 days. Uh, he was on an NXT contract and NXT contracts are 30 days. They never upgraded his contract to a main main roster contract. So he was free after a month. To a certain degree, when you consider how Aleister Black was being used on main... And again, to a certain degree, it still baffles my mind that a multi-million dollar company, excuse me, billion dollar company would let talent contracts just slip through their fingers like that. That's one thing. But you can assume or you can fathom that, you know, since... Alistair Black wasn't exactly a big-time player on Monday Night Raw and on Friday Night SmackDown. Many people were like, uh, well, you know, just let it slip through the cracks because, you know, he was he was a bit of an afterthought. That's one thing. But, but, Adam Cole, who is a big-time player in NXT... Multiple time, not multiple time, you know, he still big time guy, undisputed era, former NXT champion. How does that guy slip through the cracks? Especially since he's best friends with a bunch of dudes who work for the other company. That boggles my mind. Boggles my mind. I don't get it. I really, really don't.
I, and frankly, look, if I'm, I'm based on everything that we know, which is all surface information, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know what, we, we don't know what's going on. But based on what we see and the things that are happening right now, if I'm Adam Cole, I don't want to go to Maine. I don't. WWE didn't know what to do with Aleister Black. They don't know what to do with... They didn't know what to do with uh, Bray Wyatt. They they push Reggie. Reginald de Sommelier. They're giving him TV time and pushing him. If I'm Adam Cole, I'm like, nah. I don't want to... There's nothing for him there. No matter how charismatic he is, they if they're fumbling Keith Lee, if WWE is fumbling Keith Lee, how do you expect a guy like Adam Cole to get a carrying cross? How do you expect Adam Cole to get over on Maine? I, I, I could definitely see him going like, mm, no, I'm good. Why do you think Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa are both, have both been very vocal and they're like, no, we're NXT men, we're good. Because they know. They know. They don't want to go up. I had an interview, I talked with Hayan this week, which you should go check. It's on the Bell to Bell's YouTube channel as well. And we talked about her uh, I, I asked her a question and I said, you know, well, you, you went to, she, you know, she was on Dark a couple of months ago and she had previously had time in WWE. You know, she, she was a Nia Jax squash. It's like, what's the, and I asked her, what was the difference between the two locker rooms? She says, you go into, you go to WWE, everyone is like stressed, you know, nervous. And everyone's like, Ugh. you go to AEW, everyone is friendly. You know, everyone's like, hey, how you doing? Everyone knows each other or, you know, you have just a couple of degrees of separation from everyone and everyone's like cool and chill. It's a much more friendly atmosphere. I think there's at some point they've got fucking ricochet. Look, nothing against Adam Cole. And, and I know, look, and you can, you can, I'm trying to say too many things at once. Nothing against Adam Cole, but ricochet is on your main flagship show and you have no clue how to push him because he can't cut promos are you fucking kidding me look i adam cole is a much superior promo guy than ricochet sure but i am sick of this oh uh, he can't talk so he's not gonna get pushed it's stupid if you the the basis of that is stupid ricochet Never had to cut promos to get himself over in the entirety of his career until he got to WWE, where suddenly they, they oh you have to talk to be a superstar instead of just using their their wrestlers using them uh, using their strengths right. Oh, it's so annoying.
anyway, I, I'm I'll be I'll be very very curious to see where Adam Cole is going. And, and now it turns out Pete Dunne's contract is coming up. I'll tell you one thing. Like Warren Hayes, let's say let's say I get in touch with that 16-year-old kid, you know, who's making millions on Bitcoin and he's, you know, <laughs> you've seen the picture, right? Floating around social media, that kid 16 years old in a plane and he's making millions on Bitcoin and I go to him and I pitch him a wrestling promotion. And he says, who are you going to build your... Pr- okay, sir, Mr. Warren Hayes, sir, you're very old. And I'll say, yes, you, you are very young, son. And he says, yes, but I have all the money. I said, I agree, kid. What's it, what, what's your question? And then he said, uh, who would you build your promotion around? There's a fucking Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn is a guy you, you bring in and you help. He's there to build the promotion with you. And I'm not, I'm talking in ring and I'm talking outside of the ring. This is a guy you want helping people through their matches. This is a guy you want producing. This is a guy you want on creative. This guy has a, a beautiful wrestling brain on his shoulders. Plus on top of that, he's fantastic. He can go. Why wouldn't you want that? And yet there you go. You have, and I was talking about this with Kristen and I'm like, and yes, his contract is coming up. They don't know what to do. They, 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 they can't push Pete Dunne. I'm like, they have Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate, who is considered a wrestling prodigy. And he's walking around these days and he's got like a like a cape. Not a cape, a cloak. He's got long hair and you're like, what the fuck are they doing? Pete Dunne might be next. And now we're hearing that Ruby Soho is reportedly heading to AEW following her WWE release, uh, which is fantastic. Of course, Ruby Soho, formerly known as Ruby Riot, formerly known as uh, um, uh, Lovelace, 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 Heidi Lovelace. <laughs> um, this is a big rumor. Again, according to the to, to Fightful, a uh, lot of talent, a lot of industry insiders are saying that AEW is going to be her destination. Her contract, uh, her 90 days comes up at the end of August. Like, she's going to be done right in time for all uh, for all out on September 5th. Uh, a lot of people are expecting a women's casino battle royal. A lot of people are then expecting her to be the Joker. I'll tell you what I'm expecting. Stra- straight out the gate here. There is absolutely no reason, absolutely no zero reason for AEW to not be all over Ruby Soho, pick her up, make her a part of their division. One of the biggest criticisms that are counter criticisms when we talk, when I, I don't want to say we, I'm going to, this is on me. When I talk about the AEW women's division, I've been talking about it for the past two years. Uh, you know all the problems that they have with it and one of the things that I keep hearing that people keep counteracting with me is that oh, they're women not ready for television you've got Ruby Soho here a woman who justifiably has never been given a chance to shine in WWE proper I think was thrust into a position uh, too quickly Uh, with the whole page retirement thing and then becoming the leader of her own squad and all that stuff 
I don't think that's necessarily something she was comfortable in. I don't think she was ready for that spot. I don't think that's something that works for her. Really, she, she would have gotten over if they had just let her wrestle. But they never really did because WWE is whatever. In this case here, Ruby Riot is a talented wrestler. She can absolutely go plus TV ready. She knows where the hard cam is. No one is going to have to tell her twice. She's been wrestling since 2010. Don't think she's picked up a few things. It's ridiculous. And this is the kind of sign that I'm waiting for on on the on behalf of All Elite Wrestling. Because this would be the kind of hire that would show that they are serious about their women's division. That they are willing to bring in some talent to invig- to reinvigorate it. Not that they don't don't have great women right now. Brit's great. Statlander's fantastic. Riho's fantastic. Uh, uh, Sheeta, um, Thunder Rosa, Serena Deep. These are especially Serena Deep. These are world class, world class talent. So's Ruby. The division lacks depth. That's the that's the only problem that it has right now. It lacks depth, and I'm sick of hearing the oh well, you know, they just started. Oh, they need more training, but. Over the past year, 18 months now at this point, AEW has never stopped hiring dudes. They just haven't. Just picking up dude after dude after dude. And not much just Thunder Rosa, thank fucking God. Serena Deeb. But the number of guys that they've been hiring, ridiculous. As opposed to what they're doing with the women's division. So, it's a litmus test at this point to see what AEW does with Ruby Soho. Whether or not she's the Joker, like, I don't care if she's she's the Joker or not. I want her to be signed. Mercedes Martinez was the Joker last year, and they let her slip away. Or she didn't want to go. Whatever the the circumstances are, we don't know. But they didn't, they didn't hire their Joker, is my point. So I don't care if Ruby is the Joker or not. I want her to be signed. I don't care if it's at All Out or not. I want her to be signed. I want her to show up on a dynamite. And I want people to lose their fucking minds. Now we're getting fresh matches. See, that, that's the thing that's cool. Then we get fresh matches with super talented women. God bless uh, the bunny who had a great showing this week, but I, you know she doesn't get she doesn't get me as excited as Chris Statlander. Then at some point you have Chris Statlander. She's you know she's probably going to go back to the Nyla Rose program, which is a good idea because there's history there, so that makes sense. And I think eventually your big match is going to be Statlander versus Britt, but you still have to build. Yeah, you have to you have to continue building Chris Statlander as a force, right? Thunder and at some point you're going to need more women to just give keep giving us the fresh matches.
I'm excited, by the way, for Chris Statlander. And uh, and I'm going to tell you, this is how you find out who pays attention to wrestling. This is, this is how you find out who pays attention to wrestling shows uh, and who doesn't. Or, no, I don't want to put it that way. Let me try this again. This is where you realize just how deep uh, WWE booking has become ingrained in the minds of some people. That sounds better to me. Um, because they're starting to they're starting to set the seeds in AEW between Statlander and Rose. And people immediately are like, wow, this is coming out of nowhere. Or it's like, oh, we've seen this before. We've seen it before. But there's history here because it is Nyla who injured Statlander out for months. So we're coming back to that story. It's a built-in feud. Just use the shit that's at your fingertips and make it what. Just tell us the story. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that if you pay attention to the wrestling programming that you watch. And I think this is fantastic. NXT had that exact situation few weeks ago with Mercedes Martinez, Mercedes Martinez and Zia Lee. Zia Lee, Mercedes Martinez, Martinez, excuse me, met in the Mae Young Classic, Martinez won. All they had to do to make this story, to make this match palpable and make it interesting was, was simply to lean completely into this story where Zia Lee is like, sister, I am not... The woman that you met three, four years ago, I've changed, I've evolved, I'm ready. And that is the best type of wrestling story right there. I've trained, I've improved, I'm ready now to show that I'm better than you. He gets in the ring, with that's all. But no, that had to be about spookiness and Mercedes uh, getting uh, bad vibes from... Uh, Tian Sha, I, I forget her name. The the one who sits in the chair all the time. Ooh, you didn't need it, and they referenced it a couple of times in the lead up to the to the show. And I was like, yes, this is exciting. This is good. Zaylee, rookie back then, comes back around. Is like I'm gonna I'm gonna prove that I'm better than you. And then you're like, do it, beat her. That's a good wrestling story. <laughs> smoke oh I'm going to stand up from my chair that means it's serious hope you guys and gals are having a wonderful evening thank you from very much for being here if you haven't already give it a like to the video we're having a we have a big room of people here tonight place I think like the kids say the place is popping I got something on my tongue. I have something on my tongue. I'm not editing this out for the for the um the audio. <laughs> you get the full experience regardless. <sighs> Let's go in and talk about um AW uh no, no, before we talk about AEW, I, I, real, New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? A couple of, 
couple of notes here. The summer struggle matches are happening. I don't... Uh, I don't really care. You know, it's a, it, they're prelim matches. There's nothing really exciting uh, all that much about them. I know there's been like, oh, yeah, this uh, eight-man uh, tag Suzuki Gun and stuff. Yeah, chaos. It's been pretty good. Okay. But... Uh, but our boys, uh, um, our young lions, Yuya Yumera and uh, Yoritsuji, they're hitting the bricks. They had, they effectively had their last young lion matches uh, in Japan, and they're heading out for excursion, and that's fantastic. Uh, and they had their big matches before leaving. Yumera uh, lost to Kazuchika Okada uh, in a. These matches are solid. They're they're solid wrestling matches. <clears throat> and the, you know, you know the young lions are going to lose. That's not the point. The point is, is that you, I, again, this is establishing some storytelling for these wrestlers, for these young wrestlers, so that when they do come back around and they have their gimmick, they have their personality. You know, they can wear other things than the black boots and the uh, and, and and the black uh, trunks. Then they can uh, they they can circle back to these stories eventually, and that's great. Okada after the match here, he 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 lifts Yumera back up, right? He lifts him up, and uh, after he beats him and he pats him on the shoulder, he's like, "Yeah," he raises his arm and he whips him into the ropes for another drop kick. Because the thing is that Yumera, he's working on his drop kicks and his drop kicks are becoming a thing. But Okada was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, son," and he <laughs> after the match, after he's won, flips him into the ropes. Drop kicks him just to remind him, like I'm I'm the best drop kick in this company, kid. I love it. I thought it was I thought it was great. Just a, a little a little edge from from our boy Kazu. I liked it. That was fun. And uh, Suji got his match against Tetsuya Naito. Uh, he tapped out uh, to uh, Naito. You know what's kind of a a bummer is that Suji uh, Suji looks up to to Naito quite a bit, and it's not the loss that it's a bummer. Uh, I think there's a lot in how he perceives himself. He wants to emulate a lot of what Naito did. So Naito, on his excursion, he headed to Mexico. And I think that's what Suji wanted to do. But I I don't know if he'll be able with the, you know, with the current climate and stuff. And that, 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 that would blow. <laughs> that, that would suck. It's a shame. But... You know, two solid matches, and it's good. And now the 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 young lads are they're going to go out into the world, and it's going to be fantastic. And um, and I'm sure they'll do very very well until they circle back. <clears throat> but then, in about uh, ten days, less than ten days, nine days, uh, resurgence, right? New Japan resurgence. At the L.A. Coliseum in Los Angeles, California, gotta start getting excited about this because um, I th- th- this card is 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 filling out nicely. Um, Alex Coughlin is going to have his open challenge series against Carl Fredericks. That should just that that's just gonna they're gonna hurt each other <laughs> for our delight. That'll be fun. We're going to get a six-man tag. Rocky Marrero, Romero, Fred Rosser, and Wheeler Yuta. How close is Wheeler Yuta to being signed to AEW? I think we're going to find out this weekend at the IWTV 100 show. 
right? Because he's defending the independent wrestling title at that show against Daniel Garcia, Red Death, who is a, he's a lad we're going to be talking about in a couple of minutes here. Um, and uh, Rocky Romero, Fred Rosser, and, and Wheeler Yuta, anyway, they're all going to be here against Ren Narita, Clark Connors, and uh, TJP. Okay. Uh, this, honestly, this match is going to rule. Uh, too many hungry, too, too many hungry wrestlers in this match. Narita, Connors, Rosser, Yuta, I'll have something to prove. This is going to be great. Uh... Um, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, Doug Gallows, are going to be taking on John Moxley and a surprise partner. Resurgence. I'm excited to see this. Tomohiro Ishii. Tommy Ishii is on North American soil. And he's going to be fighting Moose, which is a shame. But Tommy Ishii <laughs> is going is on no, is in North America. He's going to be at Resurgence. He why could why not AW? Mm, why not? Uh, stoked, super stoked for this. Just to see Ishii kick the shit out of Moose. That's the only way this works. I want to say hello to Mr. Fretz. Good to see you, sir. Uh, and then we have um, we have uh, two main events. Double main event. The Never Openweight Championship. Jay White is going to be defending his Never Openweight Championship against David Finley. You know what's wild about this feud? It's being built on impact. A New Japan title defense, part of a double main event card in North America for the New Japan Pro Wrestling promotion is being built on Impact Wrestling. I don't know how anyone can think this sucks. I don't. I don't. I don't understand how anyone can look at this and 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 be like, uh, 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 not very good for impact. To be doing this is bad for impact. Why don't you focus on what is good for you as a fan? First and foremost, this is mind-blowingly exciting, good shit. That this is what's happening. And you know what? Here's the thing. Spoiler alert. I've started adding impact to my rotation now. Yeah, I... Uh, again, we have tons of shit to talk about, and I, you know, Impact was somewhat was not the most eventful Impact wrestling show uh, this week. There were things that happened, but I mean, nothing. That, so I'm watching Impact now because of all of this. Because Impact is like ground zero for all the cool shit. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. Jay White and David Finley, this should be a lot of fun. David Finley has a losing record against Jay White. Uh, and they were young lions together on top of that. The thing here, behind the scenes, shh, 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 don't tell anyone. Jay White and David Finley are super good friends. They're like, so just on that, based on that, this is going to be a very good match. Jay is going to make sure that Dave 
Finley looks like a million zillion dollars here in this match. I'm looking forward to it. And the main event, IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. The champion, Lance Archer, who won the title and then defended it a week later on AEW. Do you understand? I can't stress enough how wild the wrestling landscape is these days. Lance Archer, IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, is going to be defending against Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of the universe. The GOAT. And uh, they said that there's seven or eight matches that are uh, that are planned here. There's stuff that hasn't been announced yet, and we're just like a few days. Out. This it's going to be a fun night of wrestling. This is going to be a fun show. It it has all the makings of a great show. I'm excited for it. And then New Japan is even gonna they're doing stuff in Dallas. You know, I talked about you know mentioned it last week I really and I think they should do this they should keep sending guys from Japan over here and not run any more shows in Japan and just run everything in North America I really think they should with how the landscape is set up right now and then you go and you do your weekly shit on impact you pop up on AEW and then you have a show like at the Hammerstein or in, in Philadelphia or in Chicago you know you go to the hotbeds and then, and then, you know, COVID starts dropping back down in Japan. Well, we'll take everyone home. You know, it's like. I hope you guys are around the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord for that. I was talking earlier that we're doing community events. Uh, uh, Evan from the Discord is going, and also Mod here as well. Uh, he's going to be uh, doing a, uh, a Discord stage discussion uh, for Resurgence. So, I mean, if you want to hear more New Japan, you want to talk about it, Talk with Evan and the whole community who'll be there. Come into the Discord. I can I can talk about Tom Lawler. Well, Tom Lawler is going to be on the show, Tom, but his match hasn't been announced yet. But we know Tom Lawler, filthy Tom Lawler, is going to be on uh, the Resurgence show. It's good stuff. All right, let's talk about Dynamite. I'm going to go right in. I'm going to talk about the main event. Because there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people who exposed themselves. That's the only way I can put it. Main event last evening on AEW Dynamite was Malachi Black, Tommy End, taking on Cody Rhodes. This has been built for a couple of weeks. Very interesting. Malachi Black defeats Cody Rhodes under five minutes. And when I when I mean defeat, when I'm talking about defeat, I'm not talking about your run-of-the-mill. A uh, roll-up surprise win. No, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to use a uh, some better uh, uh, sentence enhancers here. Um, Ma- uh, Malachi Black destroyed Cody Rhodes in this match. In under five minutes, he kicked the shit out of his legs. He put him in holds, threw him off. A turnbuckle, 
threw a table on the floor. Black masked him right in the kisser. Right there. On the nose. Well, not on the nose. You know what I mean. Like, you know, bullseye. And then covered him for the three. How did he cover him? Lie it on top of him, hook the leg, uh, matchbox cover, uh, 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 La Magistrale. No, none of that bullshit. Malachi Black strolled to Cody Rhodes, put a boot on his chest, and just stood there as the referee counted to three. Destroyed. Audience goes apeshit. Malachi Black is standing in the middle of the ring. Looks like a million bucks. He walks away. Cody's left in a hump, in a in a in a, a pile of mess. <laughs> right? He's left there. And then Tony Schiavone comes, tries to get some comments. Cody and Cody is selling the fact that he's that he's been knocked loopy. I see people on Twitter going, oh, he's slurring his speech. Is he okay? And even myself, I'm like, I mean, he could have legitimately been concussed, you know, but he's slurring his speech. He's sort of trying to get back up on his legs. They bring a crutch. But then he eventually does stand and he starts to deliver what seems to be a retirement speech starts to take off his boots, all right? Starts to take off his boots. Universal sign in wrestling of a wrestler who is going to retire. That's what, that's a traditional thing to do. Take off your boots, leave them in the ring. That means you're done. He starts to do that when Malachi Black runs back in, grabs the crutch that Cody had refused to use, cracks it across his back to ruin whatever speech he had whatever moment he was going for brilliant stuff so what do you turn then to the internet wrestling community on twitter on the big blue bird app and people are like i can't believe cody rhodes decided to make this about him this was supposed to be a bit i'm not using the right accent am i Uh, I can't believe that the Code Roots, uh, he made the situation about himself. I would believe that uh, uh, Malachi Black uh, should have stood tall at the end and not uh, have Cody do a phony retirement speech. And I'm losing my mind. I'm, I'm completely losing my mind. For the record, you as faithful viewers, watchers, listeners of the Mr. Warren Hayes show, you know I'm not a Cody guy. I've got my I've got problems with Cody Rhodes. I've got my issues, not personal problems. That, you know, I think I I do think he has a very self-aggrandizing uh, perception of himself. Um I, you know, I think he's um, he's a little big for for his britches and that. You know what? Ultimately, it's his promotion. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. But, you know, I'm like, mm. Something that doesn't quite ring true for me when it comes to Cody. I think he's a fine wrestler. He's not, 
you know, he he he's no he he's not the reincarnation of Luthez. You know Carl Gotch. It's fine. He's a fine wrestler. I know people are in love with his promos. I think uh, sometimes he loses his way. I think for every excellent promo that he cuts, he's got a couple there where you're like, oh boy, okay, you could uh, wrap this up now. It's fine. I'm not a Cody Rhodes apologist like a lot of people, not a lot of people, but like some people are. But I'll tell you one thing. Despite how much of an ego you might think the guy might have, despite how uh, how much of a self-promoter you are, and, and listen, and you know what? Having an ego in pro wrestling, being a self-promoter in pro wrestling, those aren't, that's par for the course. That shit just happens. No matter what you think about or what I think about Cody, there is one thing that you can't take away from him, and that is the fact that he puts people over in his company. He has put people over. And I am completely befuddled that anyone can look at what happened last night and say, Cody made this about himself. That you're just exposing yourself. As one of two things, either you don't watch AEW Dynamite and then you see the reactions on Twitter and then you're like, "Uh, uh, Cody Rhodes sucks. Or you just completely, utterly and blindly dislike Cody Rhodes. It's either or, but you're exposed either way. I don't think there is any, any way You can look at what happened last night and not say Aleister Black wins on all fronts last night. Because not only did he destroy Cody and put him in a position where Cody is like, you know what? I think, I think I might have to retire. I don't think I've got, I don't think I got it anymore. Not only that, but Malachi Black comes back to take the moment away from Cody. So I'm I'm even to a point where I'm like, you know, the people who are like, oh, Cody's making this about him should have been happy that Tommy Ann ran in to take the moment away from Cody and be like, no, I'm not making this about you. It's about me tonight. Because that's ultimately what happened. And I don't understand anyone who sees anything else. I don't. <laughs> it's, I, I, I have no, no clue. And, it, and, and, and it's weird because sometimes there'll be angles happening and I'll get passionate about them. Like, Adam, motherfucking Gilbert. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, under, I'll understand. At the very least, I'll be like, well, I can, I can, I can empathize. I can understand why they're doing this. I can understand why they're doing the Goldberg thing because he has a contract. To, yeah, all these things. But here, I honestly cannot understand. I can't understand how anyone can look at this and not think that this is a net positive or take the opportunity to shit on Cody because it was this whole segment was designed it feels like it was designed for the Cody haters. It really was designed for the Cody haters. Cody gets trashed in a match and then he tries to and I'm doing air quotes here tries to make it about himself but then gets trashed again and i have good friends people that i respect peers on the timeline saying saying to me 
Well, I, I don't, they should have done this next week. Why? Why? The crowd was hot. And then it got hotter for Cody's pseudo retirement. And then Tommy N runs in and makes it all even hot. Why? We've been poisoned. They've poisoned the well for so long. It's like they put fluoride in our tap water and trace amounts to make us dopey. And then be like, we can't give you too much heat one week. We have to stretch this shit out. We didn't, we wouldn't want the crowd to be really hot and then give the impression that our product is super hot. We wouldn't want that. It's so wild to me. And I swear, like, people whose opinions I, I like, I, I, that I respect, people that I like. And they're like, it's all about Cody. I'm like, what are you talking about? And the Cody stuff, like I said, <clears throat> I, I'm not a Cody Rhodes guy. I'm not. I always thought he was fine worker, very charismatic. That's okay. Like he has, he's maximized his strengths. And that's all you can do in wrestling, really. He has his problems, there's faults, but there is one thing, one thing that you cannot take away from the guy. And I said it before. When we started this, I'll say it again. He puts people over and he has made stars for his company. And anyone who will argue that he is the next, that he is the new Triple H, and they are bad faith actors. They don't watch AEW. They don't care about Cody. They just want to be bad faith actors. They just think that they understand it. They look from afar. I try my best to talk about everything that I talk about. Look, I'll tell you straight up. It's not even a question of do I try my best. Everything that I talk about on this podcast, I have watched. If I'm talking about, if I'm talking about a show, if I'm talking about a match, it's because I've watched it. I'm not gonna pretend, I'm not gonna go on Twitter and get the cliff notes. If I'm not gonna be able to watch it, I'm not gonna talk about it. It's just as simple. And I feel like there's a lot of people who do that when it comes to Cody. They don't like him. They turn off the TV or they don't even watch Dynamite and they just move on. Now, if you want to be fair, absolutely fair, and I find it wild that I'm here, like defending Cody when he doesn't need defending. But if you want to be fair, you look back at everything he's done in this company, in his company, and like, no, this guy, sure, he's done some self-serving things. Oh, he broke a throne. I don't care about that. That's actually, I like that shit. I'm fine with that. Let him more, please. Break a throne every three, every quarter. But this is a guy, when he won their mid-card title, he took himself out of the world title picture. When he won their secondary title, he put out an, an open challenge 
and he wrestled just about everyone in the company and then people outside of the company. He effectively gave Eddie Kingston a job. Ricky Starks a job. He made Darby Allen into a star. He made Brody Lee into a star. And I'll have, again, people of extremely bad faith. No, this isn't, sorry. This isn't a question of much as bad faith of as much as the, the well-being poisoned here. I'll have people then come around and say, well, sure, Cody uh, uh, Cody uh, put over Brody Lee, but when he was done uh, filming his uh, television show, he came back and he won the he won the TNT title right away. So that just that just uh, uh, you know it negated everything. It negated everything. No, it didn't. We, it negated the fact that Brody Lee had established himself as a dominant force, as a star in the company, something that the other place was unable to do with Luke Harper. They, no, no. And this is where our brain poison comes in, where it's like, you know, instantly we're thinking about the other place because a loss in the other place is such a, a detrimental thing. And then you, if it wasn't for Cody doing these things, these four guys, the, uh, Kingston, Starks, Brody Lee, Darby, Kingston, Starks, Brody Lee, Darby, four guys would not be in the position they are. They just would not. I'm seeing chat about a go-go in the chat. I straight out, I straight up uh, 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 thought it was a bad decision when it happened. I'm like, what are they doing? But then you learn, oh, Gogo has to go get surgery for his eye. Not even sure he might come back to wrestle. We don't know yet. Um, and, then, and then you look down the line, you know, 2020. You know, Cody wins his match against the Gogo. He's on top. He's a top guy, a top babyface, and he gets annihilated by a new guy whom they want to make a star out of. And how do you make a star? If you, if you bring in a guy and you say, this is a dude we want to push. This is a guy viewing audience. This is a guy that we want you to get behind. This is a guy that you need to understand is going to be a player here. How do you do that? 50-50 booking? No. You have him come in. You have him win decisively. That's how you do it. I don't know what to tell you. Like this is one of these very, very, very rare circumstances where I don't understand the, op the opposing point of view. Because I think, like I said, I think this angle was designed for the Cody haters. It was made to make them happy. He didn't need to tease a retirement. Why not? Why not? It's pro wrestling. Oh, but that's not, it's not right. It made us feel... All sorts of shit. Good. So you were doubly pissed off. 
But when Tommy N cracked him across the back, of course. You're supposed to feel things in wrestling. You're supposed to feel good and bad and feel sorrow when your baby face, the, the, the bad shit happens to him. And don't kid yourselves. Cody Rhodes is a top guy in the company. He is a top baby face. Might be, there's, might be, a, you know, in the wrestling bubble, a lot of people who think he's not that cool. That's fine. But just listen to the, re go back, watch the match, listen to the reactions he gets. There's no, uh, there's no half and half here. And if he does retire, it's a, re it's a, hey, it's a retirement in wrestling. Okay. Wrestling retirements. Are you fucking kidding me? Who puts any stock in that? Even the one guy who made me believe that he was truly done with wrestling and that I honestly did believe that he was done. The one guy, Shawn Michaels, still came out of retirement for one last match. And that was the one guy that was like, ah, oh, no, if there's one guy that I believe it's Shawn Michaels. How many times has Ric Flair retired? How many times did we think that Undertaker's retired? Now he's retired in a pair and people are like, no, we're done. It's wrestling, all right? But I don't know. Look, if, um, I mean, I'm all for disagreements. I'm okay with difference of opinion. I'm not going to hate anyone. I'm not going to hate anyone. It's like, no, nah, I thought the Cody stuff would have sucked, you know? Like, ah, yeah, that's fine. You're entirely entitled to think that you didn't like it. I think you're, I think you're wrong. <laughs> no, but then I'm like, then I, I think it's conditioning. I think it's, I, I think all it is, is, is conditioning. 20 years of doing wrestling in one way. It's all, I don't think we, I don't think we, I, I think a lot of people are discovering what the concept of heat truly is because I think AEW is very good at building heat for its wrestlers. Ah, that's all right. I, I've said my piece. Like ultimate, like I'm, I'm. It's spinning through my mind again, and I'm looking at the conversations that were popping around me, and I'm like, no, this uh, how. And I'm just, I just repeat myself here. <laughs> just be saying the same thing over and over again. But folks, didn't need to be delayed. Doesn't matter if it was a retirement. Doesn't matter if he was out there to announce the name of his second child or whatever. Alistair came in to ruin... Alistair. Tommy and Malachi Black came in to ruin the moment. And that's what matters. Cody didn't make it about himself. This was Malachi Black taking possession of a situation. And he is all the more better off 
thanks to it. He's better off than he was in his entire career on main roster in, NXT, uh, in WWE. Just on that one moment, you understand, this guy's got it. He's got the presence. He had a top guy job for him. A top guy job clean, flat on his back, boot on the chest. There you go. See, I'm, 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 I'm repeating myself. Jason PS3, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. I'm just befuddled. I'm like, this is what this is what people bitch about when it comes to WWE and their storytelling. And then AEW is like, okay, let's give you guys, we'll give you guys something new, something fresh. And it's like, yeah, but it should you should have waited next week before that. No, just strike while the iron is hot. My God, not everything needs to be overthunk. You're overthinking stuff. Should we talk about that six-man tag match? That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen taking on Daniel Garcia and 2.0, the former Ever Eyes. Our boys du Quebec. They were back. At least they showed up. I look. Uh, there's no okay. I mean, the match the, the match, the match was great, was fun. That's what it was. It was a fun match. Just people coming together and it's like, let's just do crazy shit to each other. Let's just have a good time. It This felt like a party, you know? I I know a lot of people are like to look at, uh, you know, the talk, talk and shop a mania uh, pay-per-views, which I've seen, by the way, and be like, oh, you know, this is a big wrestler party and everyone's just goofing off. But here, this is what you got. Uh, just wrestlers having a good time with each other, but still putting on a show to entertain you. But it really felt good. It felt there was a good vibe to this match. It was light, but it didn't um, compromise either. I mean, Garcia and Darby had a fantastic exchange at the beginning, right? Eddie Kingston's your babyface in peril, which is always a fantastic show. And and Matt Parker, Matt Lee, I don't know what he's calling himself now anymore. He took, did you see the missile? No, the, the train that Darby Allen's suicide dive. Did you see that? Did you see it hit Matt Parker, Matt Lee, Matt, whatever he's calling himself now. Just like a, he got railroaded. Fantastic. Just loved it. I made a sound effect. To do the train. I'm a man. I'm a man of a million talents. And it's so good. It was so good. And 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 then you have the great visual at the end. <laughs> Everyone has seen by now with. Kingston, Moxley, and Sting. <laughs> and of course, Darby's too cool for that shit, right? Uh, I love it. And what's even greater here, what's even better, is that Daniel Garcia is going to be fighting Darby Allen next week one-on-one. -on -one. And that's something I'm excited about. Because the little smidgens that we got in that tag match 
just established uh just established something even greater much more interesting i mean daniel garcia by the way um he's this is a guy who's if if you're not familiar with his work um and you have by the way a subscription to independentwrestling.tv which is honestly a fantastic deal it's a streaming service you get all sorts of promotions like it's like 10 bucks a month and you get all sorts of shows all the time and and then you have um so so garcia shows up on a lot of promotions there uh limitless beyond um those are just the two that come to mind and i know he's shown up in gcw but gcw is not on iwtv anymore um he's 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 someone you need to get acquainted with this is a guy who is built for pro wrestling um and i look at him go and you know what kind of vibes he gives me he gives me daniel bryan vibes but i'm not doing like a, a direct move for move comparison it's like i remember watching brian danielson if you prefer remember watching him uh in ring of honor and looking at that guy and i'm like no one wrestles like this guy this guy has he he goes by the beat of his own drum the way he executes his moves the way he runs into uh runs into his moves and 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 how crispy is he reminds me of daniel bryan on that end where he no one wrestles like daniel garcia he's special he's probably one of the top three uh he's probably one of the top three male independent wrestlers uh, on the circuit right now and uh ew sort of courting him you're sort of going boop, 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 boop. yes i'm on my daniel garcia love fest again he's fantastic yeah i hope um i hope his match with darby next week is going to be uh a revelation for people i hope it's one of these moments where it's like look i discovered this guy on AEW, and there's nothing wrong with that I, and i don't want to gatekeep and i will never gatekeep i'll never sit here and say oh well i knew daniel garcia was better than everyone else before everyone else realized it he's fantastic and i hope it's one of these moments where it's like watch AEW, get to see this young kid this awesome awesome wrestling talent just tear it up and he all signs point to him and darby having a, a fucking hell of a match next week and i'm okay with that um and you know what that does then it turns aw into destination viewing uh, you know the hardcores then they'll tune in because they're seeing like they're seeing 2.0 and they're seeing daniel garcia pop in uh, we're seeing seeing Wheeler Yuta show up. It's exactly like Cody when he was doing the TNT title, and they were bringing up Warhorse. They brought in Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, like the the hardcores know who these people are. Then the more, and I don't dare use the word casuals because I don't want to scare the casuals away. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, the more the the more general viewers who aren't necessarily in tune with the independent circuit, which is absolutely fine, by the way. They, then they discover these people. So where's where's this person been all my life? The number of times after Eddie Kingston did his um, did his internet promo before his match with Cody and his post match, the number of people after that that I saw when they were going, 
where has Eddie Kingston been all my life? I'm like, eh, he's always been there. He's just been struggling for the majority of his career. Fucking selling his boots to pay rent. Buy a, 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 all that stuff. So I, I, I'm, 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 ex, I'm excited. I'm excited for, um, I'm excited for the rest. I'm excited for what, for, for stuff moving forward. In regards to AEW, they have to keep doing this stuff. Seeing Wheeler Yuta show up there as well. They don't have to sign everyone. That's not the point. But they, if there, if there's one, I've hammered this so many times. And I'm going to keep hammering it. AEW started as a grassroots campaign to a certain degree um grassroots campaign calling out to wrestling fans who were disenfranchised they're on the pulse they know what people are into they know what they they know what wrestling fans like and they're not afraid to cater to the hardcores otherwise you would have never seen nick gage you would have never seen nick gage there ever don't think they know what they were doing. Don't think that they, they... Man, the Domino stuff was a whole... That was... That was a whole lot of nothing, wasn't it? No follow-ups, nothing. That was a bullshit article. That one article that picked it up. Anyway, I don't want to talk about the Domino's thing. I think it's just too stupid just too stupid hey Pluggo's here good to see you Pluggo welcome to the chat um we also had uh Chris Jericho versus Juventud Guerrera uh a, a controversial match it turns out I think it had an uh, it, it, they had an iffy start I don't, I, I think they eventually sort of found their groove, but they definitely had a feeling out period in a moment where they were trying to hit some high spots. And I think that was the problem. I think if, if they had structured, they being Jericho and, and, and Guerrera, if they had structured the match to give themselves a, a, a literal feeling out period to begin, you know, just try some stuff out and get on each other's wavelength, I think there would have been a lot less spots where Chris Jericho would be up on his feet a lot quicker uh he would have been uh, up on, where Chris Jericho would have been up on his feet a lot faster kind of thing uh, or too fast for Guerrero's um uh for Guerrero's spots because there was a lot of that at first where Chris Jericho was already up on his feet while Juvie was whoop, climbing the ropes and you know like and I mean, you can't blame Jericho because he works with he works with young younger guys all the time who are super fast and he's like, oh, gotta get up, gotta get ready for the spot. You know, it's muscle memory at some point. And I don't blame him. And I don't blame 40-some-year-old Juventud Guerrero either, you know, who wrestled just a couple of matches last year. Like, it's fine. Like, this was, this was a, it was a nostalgia act. This is all it was. If anyone was expecting 1996 Hoovy, uh, hit the bricks you know it's like you, you have to please please learn to adapt your expectations there's no way that's that's what we were getting 
Um, but <clears throat> once they settled into a groove, it was all right. But you know, there's, there was easily a, like a three, three to four minute span where you're like, this is kind of, it's kind of rough. It was a scary spot at some point too. But it worked out. It was fine. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm a, this is what I was afraid of. This is what I was afraid of, and this is ultimately what we're getting then. I was afraid that Hoovy, um, I was afraid that, excuse me, I was afraid that the final labor for Jericho, or at least the fourth labor, would be circling back around to the inner circle after two weeks of having some really great, exciting surprises. Nothing against Wardlow, who is JR's favorite wrestler. <laughs> Nothing against Wardlow, who I also adore. But I kind of feel like there's... We've taken it down a notch. You know, our expectations... Your expectations as a fan, it's normal that they keep going up. You get Nick Gage out of fucking nowhere. Hoovy, oh my god. And, you know, people were starting to dream and speculate... My God, what if there's a Thrill Seekers reunion and they bring Lance Storm back in, you know? Or what What if they get, hey, Hiroshi Tanahashi's on North, is going to be in North America? What if he's, like, I've seen it all. Would have been great to have Naito show up and reignite that one too. Like, there's so many great, that's what, you know, we're, and, and, and AEW has been, just delivering surprises on top of surprises on top of surprises, not just in this feud, like everywhere and throughout the programming. So at some point you're like, okay, like this isn't, it's not a bad match. It's not a bad call. It's just a little weird. It sort of deflates a bit. You're like, oh, it's Wardlow. But I mean, it's fine. It's going to be, it's going to be good, but, I just miss a bit of that pizzazz that ain't there. Layla Hirsch defeated the bunny also that evening uh, to uh, position herself to uh, to challenge NWA Women's Champion Camille at Empower, NWA Empower. Again, look at how great this is. You've got AEW wrestlers vying for a spot to challenge for another promotion's title on another promotion's show. Again, I don't understand why anyone's against this. This is great. How good was it to see how fired up Layla Hirsch was last night? I thought that's my big takeaway. That's my that's my biggest takeaway. She had win face all written all over her when she was walking in with the best friends. Although it should be Team Taz anyway. <laughs> but yet she she was she was glowing, and everything she did had that extra little kick to it. And 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 Allie Bunny probably told her. It's like, yeah, let's lay into me. Let's just do it. Like you have, I'm. We're we got to make you look good tonight. And she she did. And Bunny looked good too. I think this is Bunny's. Uh, I think that was Bunny's best match in AEW so far. 
it was it, it was a fine match. Camille then comes in. She was in the audience. They did the 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 face to face pose, and then just to just to drive home that Camille is already fucking tall, and Layla Hirsch is not. Layla Hirsch doesn't doesn't hit five foot. So you see them next to each other and like, oh my god! And I'm that, that was fun. I liked it. I thought it was you know you do the, the the stare down. I think it's cool. Adds a little something. You know, Camille, Camille is fine, right up until you know. Have you guys heard her cut promos? Like her delivery is fine. Like there's no you know she's not mind-blowingly great or she's and she's definitely not terrible you know she's at that that comfortable place where he's like ah her promos are fine but her voice it's her voice you're like how does someone who looks like a like a statue that seems like she's been chiseled out of marble how does she have that that weird voice, it doesn't connect with her. It doesn't work. So as long as they keep her away from the mic, she's fine. And, you know, and here's the good thing. Then you have people going on, Jade versus Camille. Sure. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. See, let's get this forbidden door shit happening for our for the women. Let's, let's lean into it more. I mean, I've been looking forward to a legitimate AEW impact crossover between the women. Like, why isn't, why, like, we got the, the Thunder Rosa, um, we got Thunder Rosa versus, um, Deanna, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago at this point, but it has, it was still under the NWA banner that Rosa was fighting under, um, you know, let's have Brit and Deanna go. Why couldn't we get, why, I'm or Sheeta, Sheeta's doing jack shit right now. And if there's one match that universally, every wrestling fan would be like, yeah, let's do this. It's Hikaru Shida versus Deanna Perazzo. Are you kidding me? So let's let's go. Let's go with the busting down the forbidden door. Hell, Jordan Grace was talking to Alex McCarthy today or yesterday. And I think I saw the clip. Whatever. I saw the clip today. That's what matters. And Jordan Grace herself, she's like, well, it'd be great if there was more forbidden door stuff for the women. And I agree. I completely agree. No, there's not going to be forbidden stuff with New Japan. <laughs> Let's let's not let's not open up that can of worms. But holy shit, like just there's so many opportunities for these women right now to just like mix and match and invigorate AEW's women's division at the same time and show that they're committed to it. Serena Deeb is fantastic. We love Serena. She's injured. By the way, loved her tweet of her this week. Uh, you know, uh, leg all bandaged up, sitting in a wheelchair. 
her and and her like compa- a picture of that and right under that picture was a picture of Bret Hart when he was cutting those super bitter promos back in the 90s when he was still in the WWF when he was injured and in a wheelchair I thought that was great But you see this is this is the thing this is what I just want AW to focus on, on on their women because the thing is that they have successes. And I talked about this earlier, but I'm going to circle back here because I just I just thought of something. They have successes in rehabilitating women women talent Tay Conchi. Tay Conchi is fa- she was considered a lost cause in the fan in the eyes of many people in WWE. Heads over to AEW. They let her stretch her legs. Does a couple of reps with uh, with the trainers. Gets gets her act together. Becomes motivated. And Ty is universally considered to be one of the most improved wrestlers since coming uh, since leaving WWE and going to AEW. So it's not as if they don't have successes that they can bank on. It's not as if that they can't highlight these. And yes, I appreciate that they're on dark and elevation and but it's you know it's still not the main it's still not the main show. It's not the flagship and and that's how these connections are created in people's minds, folks. I've said this once, I'll say it a million times. If you treat someone like a big deal, your audience will treat them as such. If you Say, oh no, we're going to put these over here. Well, they're going to be secondary thoughts. Tommy End is a big deal. Because AEW decided to treat him as such. It's, that's just how it goes. Miro, same thing. Decides to treat him like a big deal. People see him as a big deal. Not just the, you know, the gamer guy who comes in in his Gucci pajamas. It's not that anymore. When he was doing that, people were like, I don't know about Miro. It's the same thing with the women. You can same thing with the women's division. They got behind Brit. Brit is she's she's big time. I'd argue she's one of the faces of the company, women or men. But you keep if you relegate the women to secondary spots. To the your B shows, your YouTube shows. That's how it's going. To, that's how they're going to be perceived. That it, it, and it's perception. That's all it is. I agree, but that's what wrestling is about. It's perception. It's how you received. It's how you're presented. That's how you get over. Because look, if it was just on, if wrestling, if getting over in wrestling was exclusive in the, for a promotion, right? For someone who's promoting wrestlers. If all you had to do was put on great matches, be a talented wrestler, Ricochet should be universal champion at this point. But no, his presentation, the way he's presented to the audience, he's not perceived as such. So there you go. Oh, we're...
I think I will do the update once we're done. We're done with the weekly wrestling inspection, folks. And we're going to wrap up this edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show tonight. I hope you had a good time because I had a good time tonight. I had a fantastic time chatting about all this stuff. Such great... Look, wrestling is fun. Wrestling is fun. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Trust me. Hope to see you guys back here next week. Don't forget, this Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, I'll be chatting with Alex Pulowski. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be predicting SummerSlam. That's going to be tons of fun. I'm, I'm super excited. So this Saturday, 4 p.m., join us if you can. Uh, that'll be great. Otherwise, join the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord server. You don't want to miss our upcoming community events organized by Anakin organized, organized by Evan Wright it's going to be a good time always always a good time over there but always a good time here on Thursdays as well thank you very much for joining us live thank you very much if you're watching on demand thank you if you're listening to this leave us some likes some subscriptions some love some reviews 